when we meet together like this, God is here in our midst. So let us just sit at the feet of Jesus and just bask under the ministry of his word and receive what God has for us today. I'm excited. I, I am just so happy. I think this is my third or fourth time coming to church. Um, but every week I see more people and more people are coming and it is just so wonderful to see faces that we have long last seen uh, a long time ago. We are so excited and we are happy that we are still able to come and fellowship together as children of God. Today I would like to speak to us about a subject that we are familiar with, but I felt that this will be a reminder and an encouragement to all of us as children of God. The topic I'll be talking about is we are called to stewardship. Hallelujah. God has called us to be stewards here on earth. Hallelujah. That is who God has created us to be and he has called us. A lot of people might think, but no, I'm not called. Those who are called are pastors, the worshippers, people with great talents, you know, artists out there. No, I'm just... Just I'm not called, but today I want to remind you that each and every one of us, so long as you are still breathing, the very breath that God has breathed into your nostrils, you are called to stewardship. Hallelujah. Now, the, the word steward or stewardship, when we look at the dictionary, it says it is stewardship is the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization, property, or financial resources. That is what stewardship is defined as in the dictionary. A steward is somebody who manages something on someone else's behalf. That is a steward. A steward is given something that belongs to someone, and they are supposed to manage it. That is what a steward is. A steward is also, or rather stewardship is also having something or someone entrusted to your care. So it is, it's not only things, but people can also be entrusted to you and you are tasked with being a steward over their lives. Hallelujah. Now what does the Bible say about stewardship? A lot of authors have put together uh, the, the definition of stewardship taking from the Bible or what God's intent about stewardship is. And they say it's utilizing and managing all resources that God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of everyone. Hallelujah. So being a steward is not only taking care of that which has been entrusted to you as the world defi defines it. But in the house of God, for children of God, in the body of Christ, you do that managing of someone else's property or someone else's uh, belongings. You do that to the glory of God and for the betterment of everyone. Hallelujah. That is what distinguishes biblical stewardship to stewardship that we find in the world. Remember I said all of us have been called to stewardship. Day-to-day -day examples of what stewardship is, it can be looking after someone else's property. 
looking after someone else's household, looking after someone else's children, looking after someone else's belongings, managing a department at work, those who are in leadership positions, supervising a team. For school kids, when you are allocated a group task to do, playing that leading role in that activity that you're doing, it's stewardship. Financial advisors, people go to financial advisors to help them, how they should run their finances, how they should spend their money, saving and so on. That money does not belong to the financial advisor. All that they do is advise you and help you to manage that money. At the end of the day, the money belongs to you. That is stewardship. People who have properties, they can entrust their properties to agents to run them, to find tenants, tenants pay, and the person relaxes while that agent is the one doing all the work. The property does not belong to the agent, but the agent's duty is to manage it and manage it well. Serving in church. The work in the house of the Lord belongs to God. It does not belong to the leaders. It does not belong to the pastors. And you serving in there, you need to serve as one who is serving the Lord and for the benefit of the body of Christ. Serving is stewardship. You don't need to have a, leading, a leadership position. By virtue of you being a child of God, being a, a, a belonging in, a, in, a, in the body of Christ or in a local church, you're serving in that locality. It is stewardship. And it should be done to the glory of God. How we conduct our lives. Remember I said each and every one is called to stewardship. Maybe you might be sitting there and thinking, but of all the examples that you are mentioning, I don't feature in there. But the very life that God has given you, you are called to be a good steward of that life. How you conduct your life, how you conduct your day-to-day -day affairs, does it bring glory to God and does it benefit those around you? That is biblical, godly stewardship. Hallelujah. Now, remember I said it is taking care of or managing someone else's belongings. So let us un understand this ownership behind that which we are stewards of. Can we go to Genesis chapter 1? Everything starts from the beginning. We need to understand that, first of all, our lives are not our own. The lives that we live, we no longer live for ourselves, but for Christ Jesus who died for us on the cross. So when we go to Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, I think the, 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 the compilers of the Bible and the writers of the Bible were very smart. The very first chapter at the beginning of the Bible, the very first word, in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. As you continue with the book of Genesis, the first chapter, we see God in the beginning when nothing ever existed. 
starting to form and shape and create what we call earth today. There was nothing. The Bible says it was void. It says that the spirit was hovering over the deep. And God noticed that something needs to start. He created the heavens and the earth. And from there, he started calling them unto being. Light, let there be light. You know, I wish God could open our eyes to see a glimpse of how creation was created. I think it would far outweigh all the sci-fi movies we've watched and all these wonderful adventurous books we've ever read. Just imagine the power and authority that God had. He spoke and life, light came into existence. He spoke and there were birds of the air, fish of the sea, animals that roam upon the surface of the earth. God spoke and things became. That is the authority that our God has. And he had that authority from beginning. Now, all of these things belong to him. We need to understand that it is God who has created the very earth that he has placed us on and that he wants us to be stewards thereof. Another, if, if you speak to environmentalists, they will tell you that by virtue of us being here on earth and being created as human beings, we are stewards of the environment that we live in. We should not go around killing animals as we see fit. We should not go around littering and doing all these things that destroy the environment. We need the environment just as much as it needs us. And God has entrusted it to us to take care of it. Hallelujah. So we see from the very beginning that God created the heavens and the, and the earth. So he owns the heavens and the earth. They did not belong to anybody else who passed it along to him. But he is the owner of the heavens and the earth. To confirm or to stress that further, let's look at Psalm 24. Our God is powerful. Our God is amazing. Hallelujah. Psalm 24, verse 1, we'll read verse 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That's a very powerful statement. That's a very powerful claim. But God has every right to claim that. Because he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Hallelujah. So our God was there from the beginning. He created the heavens and the earth. The very earth that we walk in, the very earth that we live in, the very air that we breathe. God created it and he owns it. Hallelujah. He is our creator. We, we, when we praise and worship him, we say that, but do we really comprehend what we are saying? When we say, you are the creator. A creator creates something that was never there before. It's not a copy. It is the original from scratch, from the blueprint that God himself put together. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, verse 15 to 17. 
we are going somewhere with this stewardship thing. We are just addressing the ownership. Because I get it, we are entrusted something that belongs to someone. So we want to be sure, does it belong to them indeed? So at the witness of two or three, the matter is established. So let's go to the third scripture and see if we can establish this matter. Colossians 1, verse 15 to 17. This portion of scripture speaks of the supremacy of Christ. It says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That is our God. Not only did he create heaven and earth, the animals and people, and put them in there and say, okay, my job is done. This scripture is loaded. It says that things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, God created them. Thrones, powers, rulers, authorities were created by God. All things were created by him and for him. That is why he has that right to claim Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth belongs to the Lord. The earth, the world, and all that roam in it, visible and invisible, belong to God. I hope that our perspective can change. The next time when we worship him and, and recognize him as the creator, we will fully acknowledge that indeed he is the creator of all things. And all things were created by him and for him. Hallelujah. Now here is the owner, the creator. He created all these things. And then he comes and delegates a task to you and I. He says, go and be stewards of that which I have created. I love the way God operates. Not only does he delegate us this task, but he gives us resources to accomplish the task. So you are set up for success already. Hallelujah. I once heard somebody saying that God who gives a vision also gives provision for that vision. I'm not one to throw nuggets, Muruti, but I think that one, I, I will adopt it. When he gives you a vision, he will provide for that vision to be fulfilled. Remember, all things created by him and for him. So God has created us and set us up for success, all for him and through him. Hallelujah. So God created us and called us to manage or steward that which he created. Genesis chapter 1, the beginning again. When God created us, remember I said that he delegated us and he has given us the resources 
for this delegation. When we read, God, when he created all these things, he spoke and they came into existence. But I like what he did when it came to you and I. The Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, let us, speaking to himself, the Holy Trinity, let us make men in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created men in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God gives a mandate to mankind. But he prepares mankind prior to this mandate. He makes sure that all that God is and all that God has, it is found in this human being who is supposed to accomplish the task on his behalf. First of all, God made us in his image and in his likeness. And he breathed his breath unto us and we became living beings. So God made sure that we are the exact replica of who he is. He can take care of his earth. He can take care of the heavens. He can take care of everything that he created. I guess he's the one who created them. But he says, because I'm a relational God, and I want to fellowship with men, and I want to expand this creation that I have, I will have a steward. But wait a minute. The steward needs to look the same way as I do. The steward needs to have the same capabilities that I have so that when I come back and look at how they have steward, how they have taken care of what I entrusted them to, then I will be pleased the same way as I, it, had, it would have been had I been the one stewarding or taking care of it. Hallelujah. Isn't it that when you hire someone to do a task for you, you entrust all that you have in this person. You can do the task given the time and the resources and all that you need to do the task. But you go and find someone that you believe that they are as equal as you are to, 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 to accomplish the task. And you put your trust on those people. I don't think you will entrust the person with a task and look away and say, whether they do it or not, it's fine. Let's say for, for a service that you're going to pay them for. You expect them to complete the task and to do well. And that is what God expected of us. Hence, he made sure that we are made in his image and his, in his likeness. And he says that in this task that he's giving us, we are to rule and have dominion. With which authority? The authority that he himself gives us. Hallelujah. Because first of all, we are made in his image and in his likeness. So God has commanded us to be fruitful, to multiply, and to subdue the earth. And he has provided resources for that. Hallelujah. When you read Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. 
not just works, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is our God. Created us to be his workmanship, something that he takes pride in, something that he delights in. And he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. Before the works are done, already he knows that it will be good works because of how he created us. And he says that all that he has entrusted us with, he has prepared it for us in advance. Hallelujah. The same with the Great Commission. God says, go out into the world. Preach the gospel. Lead people to Christ. Teach them how to obey the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Son. Baptize them and teach them all things about Christ. But he doesn't leave us as, at that. He knows the world that he's sending us into. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Now, under that authority, go. And I will be with you as you go. The delegation and the resources to go with it. God is so confident in us that he entrusts us with something that is so precious to him. Hallelujah. So what is it that we are supposed to, to steward? As we mentioned earlier on, our lives, we have been entrusted these lives to be good stewards of these lives because it is God who has given us this life. Our gifts, our callings, our functions, our ministry. And when I talk about function, I'm, I'm all inclusive. The role that you play in the household that you are in. The role that you play in the family that you are in. The role that you play in every sphere of life where God has put you. God has entrusted you with that and you are to be a steward over it. The resources that God has given us, we are to be re uh, good stewards of them. It can be financial resources or otherwise. Even the people that God has entrusted under our care. So when we look in the Bible, we find several accounts of stewardship. I will just mention two. That is Adam and Joseph. In Genesis 2 verse 15, after God created um, Adam, verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So that is the first time we are introduced to this concept of stewardship is from the man Adam himself. After God prepared everything for him and, on, and, and created man, he placed him in the garden and said, take care of it and work it. Hallelujah. We know how the story continues. We also see Joseph, who was an overseer of Potiphar's house. This is captured in Genesis 39. I just want to, you can read the whole chapter, but I want to just draw your attention to this, these few verses. Genesis 39, verse 4 to 6. We know the background, Joseph, how he grew up in his family. He was a dreamer. He openly shared his dreams. He was ridiculed, mocked about his dreams and not the favorite. But from the least that he was, God elevated him to a higher position. 
because God had prepared these good works for him in advance. When he was still dreaming, Mudimu was preparing him. So Genesis 39 verse 4 to 6, it reads as follows. Joseph found favor. Uh, okay, let me start from 2. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Remember, there's also cultural differences there. An Israelite in the household of an Egyptian. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord God gave him success in everything he did, his master, Joseph, found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Not only that, Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. He did not say he will take care of the kitchen and the cooking and all the meals that are prepared, they need to go through you, you are in charge of that. Everything else belongs to me. He entrusted him with everything that he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all of that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Remember we said that your stewardship needs to bring glory to God and benefit others. Joseph being a steward in the house of Potiphar brought a blessing in the house of this Egyptian. There is godly or biblical stewardship. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had. Both in the house and in the field. So he left Joseph's care. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, listen to this. With Joseph in charge, Potiphar did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. This man could sleep and not worry about tomorrow because he knew I have a steward. Hallelujah. First Peter, uh, maybe let's go to First Corinthians 12. It's about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Remember when we mentioned the things that we are stewards of, we also mentioned the gifts. If we quickly read First um, Corinthians 12. From verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit, different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but the same God who works all of them in all men. Verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Here is another thing that God entrusts us with to give him glory and for the benefit of all. It is the gifts that we find in the house of the Lord. Each of us, we are encouraged to desire these spiritual gifts. Not only desire them so that you can be known as the one who prophesies, the one who serves, the one who gives, 
the one who is very good administratively, but there is a purpose for that gift. It's to bring glory to God and to serve everyone in the household of God. So those gifts have been given us, not for them to belong to us, but they are entrusted unto us as stewards, and we need to be found worthy to be worthy stewards in, the, in that area. First Peter 4 verse 10, it says, each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So the Bible encourages us that the very gifts that we have been given, it does not matter what gift it is. God will not look at it and say, this one is a higher ranking gift, so we expect much from you. So whether you do it or not, it's fine. No, it says every kind of gift. The Bible says that you are given that gift to serve others and to faithfully administer it. Hallelujah. How do we do this stewarding thing? How do we execute it? We can learn a lot from the parable of the talents. We saw how a master came and he distributed his talents in Matthew 25. He distributed talents to his servants. One he gave five talents, the other two, the other one. The Bible says after a long time, the master came back it was now time to give account, each one for himself. And I like how he distributed the talents. The Bible says he gave to each one according to his ability. Hallelujah. When he came, each one had to stand before him and give account. We know the story. The one with five went and multiplied and got five more, brought ten. The one with two went and multiplied, brought two additional talents. He gave the master four. The one who was given little, one talent. I don't know if this has to do with his ability, maybe the response, I don't know. But the one who was given one talent, I feel, I'm thinking this servant was, he was actually irrational. He's the one who should have quickly went and multiplied. He was given little, his task was smaller compared to the others. But with the little he's given, he's still complaining. The very first thing he said, yeah, I know him, this master of mine. I know him very well. I can imagine him walking around the street and saying, hey, this one, I know him. Let's come one I saw. This master of mine, let me tell you about him. So says the man with the one talent. He's very shrewd. He wants to harvest where he did not plant. He wants to gather where he did not scatter. Now he expects me to go and work for him. Mm -mm. Little did he know that this is what stewardship is. A steward does not take care of what belongs to them. A steward takes care of someone else's belongings on their behalf. And at the end of the day, the steward has to come and give an account. You are given a responsibility. You should execute and come and account. Little did this servant know. So, when the master evaluates, I want us to consider our own lives. How we have been stewarding our lives. How we have been stewarding resources that we are given. And the people that we have been entrusted with. 
when it's that time for giving accounts, what kind of response are you going to give? Or what, what, what the, the works that you will produce, what kind of response will they uh, uh, bring out of the master? Will you be like the first, the, the, the two servants, the one with the five and the one with the two talents? Will you receive this kind of response? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with little. I will entrust you with even more. Come and share in your master's happiness. Not only are you recognized of the good that you have done, but you have shown yourself to be worthy of being entrusted with much. Not only that, but you are even being invited to share in your master's happiness. The master is pleased with you and calls you, well done, good and faithful servant. Or will your account produce this kind of response? You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew did the master hear him say this? We don't know. But the master says, you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and I gather where I did not scatter. Couldn't you have at least taken my money, that one talent, take it to the investors so that when I come, it's not you who will work to multiply it. Just leave it with the investors. Again, I know you are lazy. But at least what you could have done, put it there with the investors. The investors will add something to it. And when I come, I'll find a little bit of interest. Just imagine, he's given small to manage. And even the master, the way he gives him a tip, what he could have done. It didn't require a lot. But still, he did not. He chose to hide the talent. And the master says, um, he says to him, he's wicked and lazy. And he says, Take the very talent that I had given him and give it to the one with, who brought back the ten talents. Trusted with little you'll be, and if you are faithful, you'll be trusted with more. And he says, throw away this worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Beloveds, I pray that we will be found to be good and faithful servants and not called lazy and wicked. Remember, we said stewardship is to bring glory to God and to benefit others. Let our stewardship bring glory to God on, and not shame. Let our stewardship not be self-centered and all about me, 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 but let it be for the benefit of all so that glory and honor can be given to God. I don't know what it is that God has entrusted you with over and above the life that he has given you, but just think about that which God has entrusted you with. Many of us, as we went through this lockdown and COVID-19, we might have lost touch with our callings, our gifts, our passion, the things that God had spoken to us, and we were just starting to, you know, flow with them. And then lockdown happened and all these other things, or whatever situation you're finding yourself in. But I pray that may you just go back and ask God to revive that thing that God has delegated you to do, that he may just revive that stewardship spirit in you for you to go back and not be the lazy servant, but be a good and faithful servant so that he may be pleased with you. So as we go home this, afternoon, this morning, 
Let us think about what it is that God has entrusted to our care. Let us examine ourselves and see how are we managing it. If we have lost touch with it, let us call it back and ask God to guide you back to that thing. If you've lost passion for it, ask him to reignite the fire in you towards that thing. And lastly, observe and see if the way you are stewarding, is it bringing honor and glory to God and is it benefiting others? Can we stand up and pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word. Modimuaka, I believe that you are reminding us, you are correcting us, and you are guiding us that you have called us into stewardship. And that, Lord, we need to go back to you, Father, to be reminded of the things that you have called us unto. Modimuaka, thank you that you are such a loving and a faithful Father. You do not leave us on our own to go and manage these things, but you have given us the resources. You have given us the strength. You have given us the Holy Spirit to remind us. You have given us the authority, the boldness. And you have set us up for great success. Lord, help us not to look down on ourselves, but to remember that it is our master's belongings that we are managing. And that at the end of the day, we will have to stand before you and give an account. Lord, let that day when it come be a joyous moment. Let it be a day of rejoicing. Because we would have been so excited to go and share with the master what we have done. How good stewards we have been. We would be just longing to see that cheerful and joyous expression that we will receive from you. Because we would have been entrusted with little and we have shown ourselves to be faithful with the little. And what we long for is to hear you say good work. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in my happiness. Our desire is to please you. Our desire is to serve you. Our desire is to be a light in the world, to be the salt of the world. Help us to go back into that which you have called us into. Jehovah, and may you be pleased with the lives that we lead. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.